Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, Mark Pollock is the epitome of resilience. Living with blindness and paralysis, Mark does not wallow in his own misfortune, but rather he focuses on the audacious goal of finding a cure for paralysis. Paula Kniff is the CEO of the Mark Pollock Trust and she joins us now to discuss this audacious goal and the important role which the funds raised through next week's Run of the Dark event will play in developing a cure. Paula, the Run of the Dark event will be taking place all over the world next Wednesday and of course virtually here in County Wexford and it's been led here locally by Niall Reck of the Rotary Club of Wexford. But after a year of curtailed activity, how important are fundraisers like this in the aftermath of the pandemic? Well, we've had two years of curtailed fundraising with the pandemic because we usually do our fundraiser run in the dark by gathering people together to run in mass participation events. So people, I think, being willing to give in terms of fundraising, donating is hugely important when the regular fundraising activities that charities around Ireland and around the world, um, when they can't do those anymore. So what we've noticed is that People are very uh, open to giving in the last year or two. You will have seen some of the amazing um, fundraisers Pieta House did, for example, and others where people are putting their hand in their pocket, perhaps in a way they didn't do before. So it's vital for for us and and for many other charities that we have people helping us with fundraising uh, to allow us to cover our costs, to do the work we want to do, to bring people together to cure paralysis. But I think what's the pleasant thing and the surprising thing I've seen during the pandemic is people giving more. You could have imagined that it would be harder for people to give because, you know, some people maybe had financial constraints, but actually maybe it's made us think a little bit more about those of us that are fortunate and how we can help others. Great. Now, we are all very familiar with Mark's incredible story and he's the epitome of someone who triumphs over adversity. But what is it like to work as the CEO of such an inspiring organisation? Mark is is an amazing, amazing person. And a lot of your listeners probably know his his story going blind, age 22, having an awful uh, accident, a fall from a second story window, which left him paralysed. And, you know, what's important for us as an organisation is knowing why you're doing what you're doing. So what's our purpose and what are we trying to achieve? So I think having such an amazing purpose, I mean, everything we do is about helping people achieve more, whether that's through our Run in the Dark event, uh, through Mark professional speaking and then in our work to to bring people together to cure paralysis. So I always focus on the why we're doing what we're doing. And, you know, it's hard not to feel fulfilled at the end of a day when you've achieved something that could help millions of people be able to walk again down the line. Um, working with Mark is great. He's actually really good fun. Some people might think because his story is a little serious that, uh, <laughs> that he might be serious, but he's really not, you know, and... Um, we've built a fantastic team around us to help us achieve those goals and um, it's really important that everything we do, we do as a team and we do collaboratively and I suppose that's led by Mark and me but also through our whole team at the Mark Pollock Trust. And what have you learned from Mark more than anything else during your time working with him? Mark has this amazing approach to dealing with challenges, Carl, and he says, you know, sometimes we choose our challenges and sometimes they choose us what we decide to do about it is what counts. So it's not about what a challenge appears because that's going to happen. That's inevitable. But what we do about it 
is what matters. So we really focus on if something, a challenge appears, the pandemic being a really obvious one, you know, we don't focus on all of these external things going on that we can't control. We focus on how we react. And that's something I've really learned from Mark. If you look at how he reacted when he went blind, then eventually racing, you know, to the South Pole and doing all these amazing adventure races when he had the accident and became paralyzed, didn't take for granted, you know, the idea that we could find a cure and said, well, why is there no cure and what can we do? So this idea that what we decide to do when we're faced with challenges is what really defines us is something, and it's something we model again in, in, throughout our whole team. So with Run in the Dark, when the pandemic happened, we thought, okay, well, can we have live events? At the start, people were telling us, by November, of course you can have live events. And of course, we now know um, 18 months later that, that, that we, we couldn't still even now have live events. But um, but we really didn't worry about what was going on and all the noise externally. We just focused on what we needed to do and how we were going to react. Um, and that's a great lesson, I think, that Mark has taught all of us. And talk to us about the overall objective of the Mark Pollock Trust and how Mark is actively pursuing this. Yeah, so... You know, what we're trying to do is cure paralysis in our lifetime or at least make a contribution towards that. And it all really started when Mark was in hospital. He was told there's no cure for paralysis. Just accept that fact. You're going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. And of course, he accepts the wheelchair. And a lot of people have really fulfilled lives as wheelchair users. But he kind of said, well, why is there no cure and what's being done in that space? And so he then very much looked at, well, why, why are the blockages to trying to find a cure for paralysis? Like, look what's been done in the last year with the COVID vaccine when everybody got together. So over the last 10 years, we've really focused on how we can make, make collaborations. How can we get people to work together? Because what we've seen in this space is that a lot of people are fragmented. So there's these amazing world-class uh, people all over the world, scientists, technologists, funders, foundations, but they're a lot of them working as soloists. They're working on their own and they don't have the time or the space to look sideways and see what else is going on. And um, so that's kind of where we come in. And we our role is we know a, a lot of people working in this area. And how can we bring them together to find a cure? We did some research with Accenture, the doc in Accenture last year, and we found a couple of issues in terms of fragmentation. And really, it cemented our view and the work we had been doing over the last 10 years, that collaboration is going to be how we're going to cure paralysis. It's not going to be one person or one lab that will find the cure. It's always going to be a story of collaboration. And Paula, when we last spoke, the Trust had just launched the Exoskeleton Access Programme at DCU. How successful has this programme been to date? And are there further stages of this programme to come? The DCU exoskeleton program has been going from from strength to strength. So there's, uh, you know, up to 100 sessions happening every month. And what it looks like is people can apply to go in and stand and walk and use the exoskeleton as a rehab tool. Um, There's an amazing physiotherapist managing the program in there. And actually what we're doing now is layering research on that. So we have people coming in and using this technology. Well, how can we harness research to learn more about the benefits of the exoskeleton? So that's what we're currently looking at. Um, I think down the line, it's, it's, it's definitely a program that could be replicated elsewhere. And there are a number of exoskeletons in different parts of the country and amazing programs that people can can access exoskeletons. But the research is really exciting because we can it'll help us learn what the benefits are and then maybe make cases to 
health services um, around the world about why, you know, for example, the HSE could have access skeletons for people to use for rehabilitation. And in order to provide access to these robotic legs, the Trust needs to raise valuable funds and one of its most important events in this regard is Run in the Dark. Talk to us about the origins of that event and how it has evolved into a global success. So when Mark was still in hospital 12 years ago almost now, his friends and family came together and they wanted to do some kind of fundraiser to support. And they came up with Run in the Dark. And in the first year, it was called Run in the Dark for Mark. And we dropped the for Mark after that after that first year. But it started <laughs> out in just four locations uh, in Ireland. And then through Mark's network and just Irish people all over the world, it, we grew it into this global event as you said 25,000 people take part every year last year with the event being virtual we um, built a run in the dark app and we had people taking part in 2,000 cities all around the world so you know in America Canada Asia throughout Europe Australia Um, and so it's grown but massively through the support of volunteers and no more than yourself Carl who set up a Wexford run in the dark a couple of years ago when we could have those live events And it's allowed us to grow it. So not only, obviously, as a fundraiser and from a revenue point of view, but also in terms of having this global community of people who are supporting the cause and who we can also tell what's going on in terms of our our cause to bring people together to cure paralysis. And Paula, as you say, Run in the Dark is available here in County Wexford, albeit through a virtual event this year. So how does that actually work? So... You can sign up at runinthedark.org and then um, you will get your run pack. In Ireland, we're couriering the run packs with Fastway Courier to our, our um, logistics partner this year. And then on the day, you'll download the Run in the Dark app and you'll time it. So you'll you'll literally stand at the start of your, your run route, which you choose yourself, press the green start button, do your 5K or 10K, which you can walk or run, by the way. It's open to all abilities. And then when you finish your run, your time will go up on a global leaderboard with everybody taking part all over the world. Now, if some people don't want to use the Run in the Dark app, that's okay as well. You can still take part. Uh, But we use the app so that we can join the whole global community together. And you can, if you're like a bit of healthy competition, you can um, see how your time ranks compared to people all over the world. And Paula, finally, after Run in the Dark, what's next on the agenda for the Mark Pollock Trust? Great question. Um, a little bit of a breather, <laughs> I would say. But no, we're re- we set up a charity last year called Collaborative Cures as a way of scaling the work that Mark has been doing through the Mark Pollock Trust. And so our focus um, in this year has been about get, making sure we know all the people working in this area and growing our network. And then next year, we're looking at potentially adding some interesting research around how to facilitate collaboration. We're very interested in the role of trust and how having trust between people can really help collaborations happen. So I think we'll look at at doing some research that can support the people that we're working with to collaborate better. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Paula Kniff, the CEO of the Mark Pollock Trust, and I urge all of our listeners to support this extremely worthy cause. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.